Hello, welcome to our podcast, Legends of Philadelphia. We're your host. I'm Tony Trove. This is my business partner and best friend, Johnny Zito. Hey. And joining us on engineering duties is Brian Bierman. Hello. It makes it sound like we're not friends, but we are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you may and be asking your guy. And the other and the uh, who and works the rest. For us. Like he works for us. It's purely professional. <laughs> it's our professional. relationship. We're work friends. <laughs> you may be asking what makes these jabronis experts. Well, in addition to being Philadelphia natives, Johnny Zito and I have a t-shirt business out Fellini that focuses on Philly culture and in jokes. Lots of times customers will ask. What's the deal with Toynbee tiles? Or they want to know what the word chumpy means. So we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for all the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us, and we're hoping to share it with you. How was it? How was that? Pretty good, It was right? very, it was full of energy. Exactly. I liked it. I mixed it, it up. Remember you replaced John with chumpy. Yeah, it means the same thing, though. So. Yeah. It's bold. I was going to... Bold. Yeah. Look. Real works. quick. Has nothing to do with anything. What's your favorite Dorito flavor? Real quick. Don't even think about it. Mine's ranch. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch, yeah. Cool Ranch. Yeah. All, I, all, all of us? Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. See, wow. I was scared for was a second. A I, I, you should have made us all say it at the same time. This is a solid This is a solid podcasting team. That's yeah. how you know. <laughs> That's how you could tell. Because if, if you were like... You know the other like, fl- ha- well, there's only, habanero. It's, it's the other something. flavor. I don't know. It's you know what ones were good. What they don't make them anymore, but the, the, it used to have blue uh, hot wing and blue cheese one in the same. There were two different chips, but they were in the same bag. They were really good. Look, cuz this isn't this isn't a Philly voice. You don't have to review crappy food. All right. Well, well yo, uh, let's have a. We should have a podcast where we review potato chips. Not- <laughs> uh, a podcast. A potato chip podcast. All right. All right. Is yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. We could do I don't work sun <laughs> chips, uh, barbecue yeah, chips. So. Oh. Oh. How's Nifty Fifties? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Thanks. <laughs> Everyone going Next. crazy over Nifty Fifties? It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to our Doritos podcast. Dorito podcast. All right, now we're going to talk about. Tell me another. Really hit, in- hit me with a South Street story. I know you got a thousand of them. Well, well, we gotta set this up. Yeah, this is gonna okay, be well, part two. This is gonna be part two to our South Street uh, uh, doubleheader, and uh, today we're gonna focus on uh, 1950 to the present. Um, so you gotta uh, listen to last week's. If you, you gotta listen to last week. What's going yeah. on? This won't make any sense. It's like watching uh, Ghostbusters two without watching Ghostbusters one. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna understand any of the characters or any of the subtext. It's gonna be you're gonna be lost. The the, the sexual tension is will be lost. <laughs> so we're not in the live watch, crew anymore. We don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't like live, two live crew. <laughs> yeah, last week we tried to be two live crew, but it, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. <laughs> too sexual. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you did listen last week, uh, welcome back to our two parter on South Street. Uh, by the 1950s, South Street was mainly a garment district with stores for men's suits and other clothing. Uh, while the more western areas of South Street served as a cultural and commercial center for South Philadelphia's African American community. Real estate values plummeted, however, after city planner Edmund Bacon and others proposed the Crosstown Expressway connecting the Schuylkill Expressway and I-95 that would have required the complete demolition of South Street and Bainbridge Street. Uh, the fight to stop 
construction went on for decades. Fear of the highway and mounting racial tensions caused an exodus of businesses and families from the area. This sent property values plummeting, and the suddenly cheap real estate attracted artists and counterculture types from all over who started uh, the new South Street, the modern South Street, that uh, many of us consider uh, when we say South Street. South Street. Hippies. Hippies. Yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, um, uh, I, I guess, you know... That's going down there and seeing, like we talked about last week. Bohemians. Yeah, there's all these different art communities, and they all had a lot of them would uh, team up and open a store (laughs) together. So like whenever I say Bohemians, I feel like I'm like like saying like something from the fifties. Like yeah, (laughs) hey daddy, you are you definitely are. (laughs) This reminded me of a this reminded me of a different South Street story that one time I well I, I can cut this if we don't want to talk about it, but um. I uh, I uh, bought weed off a guy, <laughs> and it turned out it was like garlic or something. Uh, oh it was like God. something was something that was not yeah or something. Jeremy, so that's, that's a don't classic, buy dude. Don't, don't buy weed on South Street. Don't don't follow hippie to a second location. That's not <laughs> yeah. I'll cut that. We don't need <laughs> that. <laughs> no, no, it's it's part of the charm and it's part of the uh, it's part of the, the the realness of South Street. I guess it's so. fucking real, dude. I'll cut that because oh. I said the F word, but I forgot yeah. we're not we're not two life crew anymore. I got used to it. The the, the lifestyle is it's a the lifestyle <laughs> is addictive. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I I guess the uh, the South Street the the when I started going to South Street regularly. So we we, we used to walk down there all the time, Trove and I and our friends, to just go down for no reason, just to bum around, uh, get in trouble or whatever. But uh, when we started driving, when we all got our driver's license, we found a secret spot to park in an alleyway behind uh, South Street. And so it made it that we could uh, we could just pop in. We could drive there from wherever, oh, pop in. Oh, that lot. That lot that, that never that, towed. That never, <laughs> yep. And, uh, and we, we parked like the there kings. for years. We go anytime we want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, living like kings. So we went yeah. to like all kinds of events and, and things like that, even like in our teenage years, hanging out up there. And... Uh, it was like a cross pollination of people and there's all kinds of like cool things going on. Um, it's the first time, uh, but then there was like old world stuff too. Like I remember going to a fortune teller there for the first time ever, like a neon <laughs> oh. light in the window, crystal ball, tarot card. Someday you're going to have a podcast and a, and a t-shirt shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah, uh, they have the, can... the, it, it's still there on, I think it's on like 12th or 13th, but, um, the like, it's not a magic shop, but they sell like potions and stuff. Uh, the like, occult oh, store. I've, yes. What's it called? Um, Harry's occult. Harry's occult. Harry's. Yeah, Harry's that was there since the twenties. That was a huge place, but they yeah. closed recently and they've like rebranded. Oh, it. really? There's actually a controversy. I think someone reopened with the original name. I don't want to say this one. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't want to call anyone out, but I think like it's not the original people because the original people were angry that the new potion shop mm. and. I don't know, good witch, bad witch kind of stuff. I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah. You do not want to get involved get the, with magicians. Yeah. No. Wizards. No. Witch, witch politics, we're, we're, we're not even touching that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to touch pole. it. I don't, I don't want to be yeah. in these crosshairs. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I Pass. remember as a kid, though, being in high <laughs> we school. We do the podcast next week, and it's like, Zito's a frog now. <laughs> <laughs> Zito's like, turned me into a newt. <laughs> Got better. <laughs> but I remember when South Street as being a kid that, um, I was a teenager. The band Silver Tide used to play down on South Street, and 
they'd play at bars and you could be a kid and drink at a bar yeah. and your band could play. And I was yeah. very attracted to that. I was like, obviously these, these guys are my age. They got to drop out of high school and be professional musicians and play on South street. They're not even from South Philly. I'm going to do that. So I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I got my friends together and we started a band to go. We just went on South street as well and played underage bars that would serve children and it's the good old days the good old days you buy pornography and alcohol as a child and, <laughs> and everyone thought that was very cool <laughs> as a child yeah as a kid that's cool yeah uh and um I, I mean i guess like even when we were kids it wasn't quite like you know the past or anything there was there was corporate stores there was, there was tower records and uh things like that uh in addition to the dairy like, queen yeah, there was it like was there funny, was though, some like big... the, the punks in the eighties thought like like Tower Records was like selling out like that was yeah, like yeah that's corporate, like that's corporate like it might job. as well be Monsanto you know right yeah yeah <laughs> like, it was like that movie Empire Records you know like oh yeah. a big record store is coming it now what I want to do for a giant record store you know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> especially then I mean the just the you know just to be able to get your hands on certain things that you can't find otherwise oh my god oh, um, man, yeah. Where do you guys? Uh, where do you guys feel like? Have you been to South Street lately? Where do you feel like South Street falls in the spectrum right now? It's I went there the other of... day. I, w- I walked up South Street the other day, and um, I mean everything was closed and everything looked. It, I mean, because of COVID, a lot of all the sh- the places that were open were operating like a like a Comic Con booth. You know, it was like you don't come in. Here's what we got. What do you want? Uh, you know, it was a weird state kind of going up there the other day, but most places were te- kind of closed. You know. Uh, it would, it, I would have had a different opinion before COVID of what South Street was, but right now it's definitely a, a strange place. Yeah. And it, yeah. It was already strange, so. Yeah, yeah. It's been going through so many uh, changes. That's one of the things I always say about South Street. It's like like Saturday Night Live, everyone thought it was better when they were a teenager. Yeah, it, doesn't matter, <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, like, like, your parents will be like, oh, it was great when I was a kid. Now it stinks. Right, right, get, right. Like, it's not like it's not like oh it was good in the eighties. Now it stinks. Like we're we're like oh man in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. That's when it was. That's when it was great. But now it stinks. But it's it's all real. It's always that place that you you have to be fifteen to think it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. And then it's like diminishing returns after that. And yeah, it's like it's just your first time. You know. It's always, yeah. It's, it's such a huge <laughs> high the first time you go. Yeah. I'm fifteen. I'm gonna buy a hat. My <laughs> funny hat. Hats in the belfry, baby. I'm back. Yeah. yeah. I give me a giant slice of pizza. Give me a funny hat. Um, it's 1998, baby. 1998. Give me a gremlin at Ishka Bibbles. Give, <laughs> give, 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 give me a who t-shirt. Give me a... a <laughs> That's a day on South Street, man. Yeah. That's a whole day on South yeah. Street. Yeah. Well, in the mid-60s... Uh, th- this is, these are great times we're describing, but in the mid-60s... Um, Race riots had erupted in the South Street West community. June 67 was a particularly volatile time after an argument between a young white store owner and an older African resident, uh, which caused a disturbance that brought 500 police to the area. Wow. And yeah, that's overkill, right? <laughs> Every cop ever. Every cop in the city. As a result of the racially charged episode, Cecil B. Moore, a civil rights leader at the time, president of the North Philly NAACP, held rallies at 15th and South Street. Uh, The business communities was hard hit by the continuous picketing and rallies, which lowered sales. 
The South Street Booster Association alleged that the area had lost 35 to 90 percent of its customer base. A wow. local judge, yeah, I know, right? It all fall. It must have fallen off. Like you hear it on the news. There's riots or there's protesters, and you're like, I'll go, I'll go by there later. I'm, I'll, yeah, not, not, not right now. <laughs> you guys want any jumbo slices? All right, <laughs> sure. Uh, and it was so bad that a local judge uh, ordered Moore to cease all protest activity, uh, but firebombs, uh, gang fights, and further riots continued. Uh, wow. It was just a very volatile situation. There's a, you know, a fight of control over this area. It's like a gentrification thing, but it's like an immigrant thing. And then there's, there's uh, people who are opening businesses uh, or who own businesses who no longer live in the neighborhood. They, uh, they moved up and out, but their, their, you know, their deli or their, their fabric store is... Is still down on South Street. Hmm. Uh, by 1970, the racial and civil unrest and the ongoing threat of development of the Crosstown Expressway had decimated the once thriving community of Southwest Street. Uh, South Street was lined with vacant stores the whole way down. Property values were in the negative. The Royal Theater soon closed its doors due to dwindling attendance and has been shuttered ever since. Today, it, uh, all that remains of the hist- is the historic facade. Um, I haven't been there in a while because of COVID, but the last time I drove by... It was just the, uh, the, the brick front being held up by scaffolding. Oh, um, geez. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's real sad. Uh, I, I, they have plans for it now or whatever. I'm sure COVID put it on hold, but uh, 1970, it closed down with no hope of ever reopening. Uh, so South Street was dead. Uh, there's nothing going on. And uh, because it was open and cheap, people moved in with big plans. Uh, these people were from the fringes, like mosaic artist Isaiah Zagar, who came to the city and rented large buildings for crazy low prices, like $25, $75 a month. And oh, they, man. I know, it's insane. Um, and this is, this, is, this is from their own mouths. They all participated, these, these uh, fringe artists, Participated in a really cool PBS documentary that you can find it, or maybe it's you have to Google uh, WHYY uh, South Street documentary. Is this, a, is this a Ron Burns joint? This one was not. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one is hosted by a Shut woman up. with the thickest Delco accent. No, <laughs> no, no. The woman, I think the woman actually like lived on South Street that hosted that. that oh, really? You saw, you yeah, saw we should probably link to it, but yeah, that's. I think I, I remember the beginning of it. She says that she was like a, she grew up her there? family grew up on South Street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe she ended up on Delta. My apologies then. uh, You should know her her, her very (laughs) thick South Street accent. But all these artists participated, and they they tell you, you know, they name the buildings, and they say, you know, I was paying $25 to live there. I was paying $75 to live there. And then I rented the lot next door for $10 a month. I promised to God. I think Zangar was like a squatter, and he just like ended up keeping that place. Like, that's crazy. Lots of people were. And then, and so then these are, not everyone who came, so South Street became a home base for people who felt like they had been cut out from the rest of society. Not just these artists, but anybody. And the street was free and open, so there was no one left to complain about all these outdoor events and art jamborees that were going on every other night there there is nobody living there anymore so uh and this went on for years and the neighbors who were left behind the handful of neighbors who were left behind they embraced it because it was some sign of life in the neighborhood like we're talking like a handful of stores like i looked at the pictures there's like there's one really depressing shot it's like a uh it looks like an italian hat store like all jeff caps and fedoras there's like three guys hanging out front and you can see every store in each direction like 10 stores just Busted windows, broken door fronts, litter everywhere, and these are the only, this is the only store open on the block. It looks like, so they see Isaiah Zagar and these and these fringe people coming in, and like at first they're like, eh, 
but they're bringing people, they're bringing customers, they're bringing life back to the street. And it's, it starts to become like a regular thing. It wasn't just like a one-time event. Uh, they would have kids playing bongos. We can make money off them. We can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) These beatniks reading their poetry. (laughs) And not that there was much traffic for them to, to block, but they would shut down the street without permission from the city or anything. They would just invite, they would put out the word. No, they would just put out the word. They'd say, we're having a picnic on Sunday. Everyone bring your blankets. And everyone would tell their friends or tell their friends and they'd tell their friends. And then they would just shut down the street. And this wasn't like a one-time thing. It was a regular event. That sounds, that sounds so cool. I wish I could experience that. I know, right? And then lots of people who came down to these picnics, they never left South Street. They just moved into the vacant or abandoned buildings around there. <laughs> they stayed forever. They were like, I mean, I don't know I don't know who, which families or whatever. It's a lot of the, I don't mean to, a lot of the artists that i'm talking about who are like community leaders in that sense i'm not saying they were squatters or whatever i don't know who. i'm not saying uh, i'm not gonna say any names but i'm gonna say i zangar <laughs> no no it's too obvious, too obvious. isaiah z <laughs> but whoever but 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 beyond them regular people people who weren't starting things were just coming to south street to be a part of a thing and the pictures and the videos really are something else. Uh, that WHYY documentary has some really good uh, film, archival film footage of it. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's uh, multiracial. It's, uh, it's, it, it seems to be completely accepting and open. And uh, the people are sharing. And it's old Philadelphia and new Philadelphia. It's really like when people, I mean, man, I, it would be great to talk to more people from that era. But it looks like it lives up to the hype when people say, like, oh, oh South Street was a really amazing, beautiful thing. You know, you, there's some evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the theatrics and the drama attracted all kinds of entertainers and musicians in the 60s and the 70s. South Street was home of the Theater of the Living Arts, the Painted Bride, the Group Motion Dance. Uh, South Street was so popular that the local rock band, the Orleans, wrote a song about it. And um, if we can, we, not really we should play it. a rock song. Rock no, band. I guess not. What, well, what do you call it? They're like... Um... Maybe like a rhythm and blues group. I don't know. The Orleans. Where they were the all back. the hippies meet. Where all the hippies meet. Although well, I love that other song, "Don't Hang Up." That's their best song. They were um, they were the background vocal team for Bobby Rydell when he did his recording. That's how they got. Really? Them. Yeah, I looked that up. Yeah, I They're never knew that. Too. Good ones, you know. Yeah, they're like, we don't need this clown. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they were so good he hooked them up or something. They were. It was afterwards, but they continued to work for him. Um, anyway, if we have it, I guess I don't know what you call it. I called it rock, but it's you're right. It's way softer. It's early. It's like Buddy Holly rock. It's not like it's not like hippie rock. Right. Everyone already knows it. They already have it. They know what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> they might not, but I don't. Will the Orleans sue us if we play it? I don't know. Well, no matter what, we'll link to it in the visual component. Me and Trove could just sing it. Didn't we do that before? <laughs> you guys should. You know the words. Where do all the hippies meet? South yes. Street. South, yeah. Street. South Street. That's, like that, that, right. that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know. Remember the duck boats used to like that tour? Oh I, God! Yeah. And I remember always being on South Street, and they would drive by with play, blasting that, and they people riding with those duck things in their mouths, oh, cracking at God. you. I haven't yeah, thought about I that knew, in so long. So I fun. knew people who worked down there, and it was like every day, it was just like, yeah, yeah, like oh my God, I hate these ducks. These ducks. Uh, so the, uh, the hippies come in and they're doing their thing and some of the leftover businesses from before the, the collapse, uh, tried to dissuade the newcomers, uh, from coming in and laying down roots because as far as they're concerned, all of the problems the area faced were insurmountable, but these hippies, we're the, we're, we're the man. We don't want you here. 
Well, I think like a lot of people, they were like, they the were locals didn't want new people around. No, it was more of a, <laughs> it was, it was more of a, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Don't like people were taking over vacant lots and starting gardens or building parks and things and like spaces and investing time and energy into it. And the people, the, the business owners who were left on South street felt totally abandoned. And, and they're like, don't waste your time here. Nobody's coming here. Go, go start a business somewhere else where it matters. Go, go open a theater of the living arts in Center City where, where, where people will spend money. Nobody's coming here. And mm. they didn't see the value of what they had even. They weren't necessarily like, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of them, the other business owners trying to run, out, run the hippies out of town or anything like that. But there's definitely like a, a depression that had set in uh, on the, uh, the businesses that were left on South Street, an, an abandonment. Uh, and these hippies and the proto punks who who had moved in were actually like, uh, no, um, you know, we'll, we'll chip in. We're going to join the fight against the expressway. And it was like a, and there had been groups fighting against the expressway at this point, but they were beaten down over like twenty years of court battles and community meetings and things like that. They had really run out of, exhausted a lot of their. Um, uh, uh, options with uh, with fighting this thing but when the hippies came in it was like a uh, contingent of reserve troops at the end of a battle they like ran in and it's like a wave of enthusiasm and a new crowd of people who are uh, uh, taking up this fight and uh, and bacon had to be like the end of his career at this point too yeah he now he's been exactly the other side's been fighting just as long and they're just as worn down by the whole thing and the Schuylkill is taking longer than expected and i-95 isn't going to be they're projecting it won't be done until the 90s and so, like, <laughs> this, this project. So you mean to tell me popularity. that the city was behind schedule? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe this. What? I can't believe it. <laughs> so, uh, so they started organizing. This also happened in in places like New York, uh, where uh, communities decided to, uh, or, or com- communities organized to take back or take charge of the planning of their areas. And instead of letting, uh, you know, the elites uh, just drive through and and you know push a highway on them or something, uh, they started uh, actively engaging in the conversation. Uh, by the late 1960s, new residents who had joined with the existing community to fight the planned Crosstown Expressway uh, uh, formed a coalition and asked architectural firm of Venturi and Rauch to conduct a study that would demonstrate South Street's enduring vitality. Uh, Denise Scott Brown, the study's leader uh, and author, argued that the city should preserve South Street's valuable mix of low-cost shops and vernacular architecture. In 1970, a city-hired consultant agreed. The expressway no longer made fiscal or architectural sense. While various planners tried to revive the expressway during the 1970s, it had been defeated. Uh, Take that, Bacon. This was the end of it. This this study was the nail in the coffin. Uh, it met with continued and ultimately successful resistance from the neighborhood residents. So uh, they organized and they defeated uh, the Crosstown Expressway, preserving South Street and Bainbridge as we know them today. So what you're saying is Edmund Bacon was like, you can't dance in this town. And these people <laughs> were like, no, we want to. Let we us will dance. dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, something, uh, something similar That's to exactly that. Exactly what it is. Uh, I, I, I think it's really interesting because, like, it's the, it's like the beginning of the uh, protest movement, the, the citizen protest movement that we see even today. I guess the idea of like organize. This was a, a foreign thing. The idea, like, you were seeing it in unions, you know, in the in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. But now these were 
community is organized just by, you know, I live in this town too, as opposed to our trade or our skill or something capitalistically uniting them. You know, this is literally like, uh, I care about my community. This, this bus route that I take is important for me to provide for my family. And if you get rid of it, uh, it's going to displace my whole life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that's a, that's a crazy, awesome tradition continues to, it was successful then continues to today. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, a scaled down expressway was built at Vine Street. It was a much bigger, originally, the Vine Street expressway was going to be a much bigger deal, uh, much larger, uh, and interconnected across the city. Um, but uh, people hate it to this day. Anyway. <laughs> and everyone still hates it. Uh, the money slated for the construction of I 695, which the highway that would have destroyed South Street, went to the purchases of buses and trains for SEPTA and the construction of the airport line connecting Amtrak's Northeast Corridor to the Philadelphia International Airport. So the money went to, uh, to building infrastructure that everyone could use, not just people with cars. And they still use those same trains to this day. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably Back true. door, dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> as, the, uh, as the threat of the expressway faded during the 1970s, South Street's eastern half grew into a lively commercial district. Hip restaurants like the Black Banana and Lickety Split joined feminist bookstores, uh, natural food stores, and a growing number of galleries. Uh, South Street also began to attract a burgeoning gay and lesbian community. In 1973, Giovanni's Room, the bookstore, opened at 232 South Street. The shop became a center for Philadelphia's gay community, hosting poetry readings and community meetings. They were joined by edgier storefronts, tattoo parlors, punk-themed record stores, and sex shops that catered to a new youth market. Uh, As in decades past, South Street emerged as a melting pot, its sidewalks overflowing with a diverse range of visitors and residents. So after, you know, the hippies came in, they took over this place that was worthless. Uh, they, they protected it, and now all of a sudden, because people knew it wasn't going anywhere, and it was full of cool people, everyone wanted to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how we think about it now, is just like, oh, it's where, like, all these cool things are happening, you know, like, because of, because of these artists and these people from different cultures moved in and made it, like, this cool place. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, the idea that there could be a vacuum. There was nothing there, and, like, what filled the vacuum was something uh, genuine and nice and, like, and uh, <laughs> and from a good place and not something awful. You would expect, like, it to devolve into chaos and madness, but, like, the people who came there, they, they teamed up and built something and uh, and then expanded on that. They didn't just end with, like, oh, it's, it's just for hippies or something. The, the you know, the early punks... The uh, they they had no place to go either, you know. Like they're also they're the next uh, youth outcasts, and the the people who are living on South Street are like, no, come join us, come come open up a gallery or or sleep in this one or whatever. Uh, that's just really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so South Street's resurgence accelerated in the 1980s and the 1990s as newspapers and magazines broadcast the allure of South Street scene to a broader metropolitan readership. Uh, the Odoon Festival, a celebration of African and African-American culture, was held yearly on the western blocks of South Street. Uh, weekend art festivals and outdoor concerts drew visitors from all over the greater Philadelphia area. And uh, soon, upscale businesses that catered to increasingly wealthy residents of Bella Vista and Queens Village, neighborhoods immediately to the south of South Street, began to spring up. And South Street kind of became a victim of its own success. 
By the mid-90s, New York real estate developer Michael Axelrod had bought up 28 properties on, on or around South Street and rented Indeed. them. Yeah, it is. He rented all of his uh, all of his properties to chain stores, though. This is when this is when Tower Records and things uh-huh. like that made their way to uh, to South Street for the first time. And there's video footage of it too. Uh, I I remember it so clearly. It was it as a kid, it didn't seem weird to me. But now knowing the whole history and looking at the the video from then, it's like here's like here's the TLA, here's a punk rock record store, and then uh, here's like an upscale handbag store, like right next to it, that's selling like 1980s like leather buckled bags and stuff like that. It yeah. Just, in as a kid, when I was going there and seeing that like these things juxtaposed right next to each other, I didn't think like much of it. Like, oh, it's just a place where everything is. But like they interview you know punks and hippies who'd been living on south street working on south street for 10 20 years and they could see the the writing on the wall you know this was this right. was literally changing the fabric of the of the street of the community um and a, a lot of young hippies who had grown up there uh, or a lot of young hippies who had bought in in the 60s had grown up and by the 80s uh they were ready to cash out on their investments and move on uh, whether whether you know they had uh, legally bought that those buildings or they had gotten them through squatters rights lots of people uh, were able to transform their years of work into you know monetary gain and investment and uh, once that was done they moved on and they sold uh, you know to people like Michael Axelrod and uh, people uh, uh, you know there's mixed opinions on that or whatever but Isaiah Zagar said that uh, quote, South Street was an illusion that a lot of pe- young people created by their lifestyles, and it changed rapidly because the times changed rapidly, uh, end quote. Father time. Father time. Change. Yes. Always wins. <laughs> Always wins. Time is the fire in which we burn. Oh God. The, the, you guys haven't heard this. That's the fifth time he said this today. I watched a little Star Trek <laughs> Generations this week. <laughs> But it must have seemed like a blip. Do you know what I mean? These guys arrive on the street in 1968, and by like 1990, it's it's like you've done so much. You've been working nonstop. You've been every day is an art festival or whatever. You turn around, you blink, you got you know gray in your beard, and uh, Johnny Rockets is opening up on Fifth Street. (laughs) How did we get here? But those dancing waiters are so cute. Yeah, everyone loves it. it. <laughs> it that, right? Like that I didn't even think of that aspect. I just was making fun of Johnny Rockets, but it's a throwback nostalgia thing and it's like it, to an era like of the 1950s before South Street was what we think of as South Street, you know what I mean? Like well, that's like that's like like the, like the '90s does the '50s, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you've lived long enough to see that. You like came yeah. to South Street as like some hippie who was like, "I hate, I hate '50s uh, mainstream culture. I'm gonna move to South Street and be a and be a rebel." And then uh, it's 1991, and they're they're nostalgizing that thing you were running away from up the block. <laughs> that's a really funny way of putting it, you know. <laughs> I mean, it must have hit a lot of people in the gut. Uh, so uh, this is the South Street that we grew up in, though, that uh, Trove and I and I'm... Beerman, you're you're about the same age as us. You're not that much younger. Beerman's a teenager, man. I don't... Yeah, I'm, I'm 14 years <laughs> old. 14 years old. It's a hard 14 years. So you be in school, now. son? <laughs> no, no. I, I, school's out. Oh, yeah, summer. school's out for summer. Right, I heard the song. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, but yeah, uh, I'm, you guys are like, I, th- I believe, 17 older, 17 years older than I am. So. Right, right, right. And wiser. And wiser, yeah. Nah. Older. <laughs> Let's just stick with older. <laughs> Definitely wrinklier. 
So right. I guess I, I guess like uh, when we were growing up, there was this weird hippie punk push and pull with the corporate side of yeah, things. Yeah, there was uh, like Zipperhead and and then Zipperhead closed. You know. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, it was like that. That building was so cool with the ants crawling on the yeah. side, and and that whatever was, like, was a kid being like on a zipper head, being like, "Cool, here it is. We're gonna go in there," and everything was like so expensive. I can't afford any of this punk shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How much is this tree. anarchy pin? It's fourteen dollars. Like, what? <laughs> you got to get a job if you want to be a punk. Oh, you got to be. You got to save to be an anarchist. <laughs> How much are those uh, safety pins? What? Oh, man. <laughs> and this stuff lived side by side with, like, McDonald's, you know? Yeah. Was, like, yeah, right. KFC everywhere eating down there all the time. And the Dairy Queen and, uh, yeah. So, like, if you... If you <laughs> all were, like, my, my favorite pizza place, Sparrow's. <laughs> Sparrow's. <laughs> I know. It, there was, like, there was regular... There was um, uh, locally owned pizza places, and then there was chain pizza places, you know, not down the street from one another. It, it, it's definitely, like, a... That's combative, you know what I mean? If a ch- yeah. if a ch- if you yeah. own the pizza place well, up heck, the street, I mean, like you know, the gap was there, and so so was Agent Aloha, which was cheesesteak teas, right, right, uh, which is like how we start doing South Fellini, you know, or this version of South Fellini. It, it's you know, like how can Agent Aloha compete with the Gap, and they did. I think there was, yeah, they did. They outlasted two gaps. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was two gaps. There was two. Ta- there was a Tower Records and a Tower Books at one point. Yeah. Oh my god! I remember when they closed. So, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was like a gaps and a, a gap and a gap. Kids is uh, was yeah. uh, was there as well. So I, you're right. I, it's like how can so you you're fighting for your life, and some people made it, and some people didn't. Some people threw in the towel, and uh, some people seen moved on without them. You know what I mean? There's tons of punk stores, but there's just not as many punks as there used to be. The the political climate changes, and there's no hippies anymore. People move on to a different fashion sense, and the thing you're selling is. Just we don't like punk fun. anymore. We like new wave. New wave. My hair is silly. <laughs> My hair was silly before, but you get it. It's sillier now. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think about it. I never thought about it when we were kids. I never thought about the push and pull of these things. Again, it was just like, it is a as a kid, it was just a commercial district where everything was accepted. There didn't seem to be anything you couldn't do on South Street. Uh, from being, I, I mean, I remember that it was so popular at a certain point in the late '90s. They they made it so that you couldn't park on South Street, so that they could have three lanes of traffic driving down the street every night. What do you remember when we for, when, no. you know when we got our well, license? I never drove. <laughs> when we were like 16 or 17, um, they uh, I'm pretty sure it was both sides of the street, but they made South Street a no parking zone on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays on the street because people were cruising. And to pr- to alleviate traffic, uh, they made it so that you could get three they they could get three lanes going there, and they had cops doing uh, what do you uh, traffic. Mean three lanes? It's like a one lane street. But they I'm telling there's no parking. They got rid of all the parking. And then people were using really? the parking. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, well, I'll double check, but I'm 100 percent sure. Um, okay, I just think to... that, that would that would give me anxiety to see, to see three lanes on South Street. <laughs> it did. I guess I. I mean, I I definitely remember being in the car too one time and being trapped in the center lane, and two car the two cars in front of me on either side were fighting with each other over the car, <laughs> and they were throwing food and stuff at each other uh. over the car. <laughs> And like I was just like kind of like tapping on the brakes, hanging back, being like, "Well, we'll let them figure it out," you know. Like 
I'm not I'm not itching to get involved in this. But yeah, I, I definitely remember. And people, I mean, and the sidewalks were packed too. It wasn't like it wasn't like people had decided just to drive. It was like, um, yeah, it, it was insane. South Street had in the late '90s, early aughts had such a crazy uh, reputation, and uh, and it was part of every radio promotion. It was every 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 cool store was on South Street. Um, every cool c- Philadelphia celebrity uh, ended up down there. Uh, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, how I remember Crystal it. Waters. Crystal <laughs> Waters. Crystal Waters. Um, was that too early for Jackass? Was, uh, or was that later? What? Late nineties. Yeah. Like late, that, that was about when it came out 98 or something. Cause I, I remember being at like Atomic like, Comics and somebody came in. I, I don't remember if it was called Atomic Comics then or whatever it was called showcase or whatever on, on Saturday. I remember being in there and playing video games cause they always had some, console or whatever i think i was playing the punisher video game or something and somebody ran and was like bam margera's at the cheesesteak place down the street and the place <laughs> cleared out and you're like yeah okay so i was like Ooh, uh, okay, i'm next up cares? on avengers <laughs> i'm trying to play the My michael jackson game so he's not coming here is he he's not coming here is... <laughs> that guy's a mess i don't want him around here <laughs> What a what a what a uh, man! What a what, what a what a time! What a what a specific moment in time! Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was the late Bam 90s. Bam Margera. Yeah, people <laughs> oh, were excited. Like, I feel here. like if it was later than that, if it was like if it was any oh later God. than 2000, I feel like people would. It had to be, be the like, 2000s. It had to be the early 2000s. Yeah, probably early 2000s. Um. So I guess uh, all these things we're talking about, these tensions between corporate, uh, you know, corporate businesses and, and homegrown businesses kind of came to a head in 2001 when 50,000 people jammed onto South Street to celebrate Mardi Gras with a riot. Right. Uh, oh, that's this is huge. Do you remember this? Absolutely. The, it, it was nuts. The, uh, the problem started when corporate bars, uh, well, not corporate bars, um, when... Um, uh, big Fat themed Tuesday. bars. Just say Fat Tuesday. <laughs> Fat Tuesdays. Yeah. That weird big structure. Theme. The only place that exists like that on all of South Street. The double yeah. decker. <laughs> yeah. So Fat Tuesdays is a bar on uh, the. I guess it's the 400 block of South Street, just off Fifth yeah. and South. Next and uh, it has a it has a New Orleans feel to it. It has like a balcony. Um, it doesn't look like. I don't know, think it has anything. anything feels well, like new orleans there they just i just serve. mean to say i just mean to say yeah you, it has like a deck or a, or a or a or a patio or whatever that you can look out onto the street and throw beads at people and yell things back and forth and 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 so they really they were making mardi gras their thing that year and they had offered uh the the so problem we was we should do mardi gras we're, we're fat tuesday let's do mardi gras makes sense uh, the problem started when Fat Tuesdays tried uh, to get in on that free love punk rock vibe of South Street by offering drinks uh, from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, these kinds of parties and <laughs> impromptu festivals were par for the course uh, uh, when uh, on the old South Street, but uh, this was to a scale unseen before. Uh, so that year, Mardi Gras was on February 27th, and the high was 52 degrees. The general manager of the bar Fat Tuesdays, Rich Frank, told CNN that 40,000 to 50,000 people came out to South Street that night. Jesus. Yeah. Man, uh, the, on one street, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the problem started at around 11 on Tuesday night when about uh, a half dozen businesses were looted. Uh, large crowds were shown on TV during the day, uh, attracting people, uh, even more people to come at night. Later, the crowd attacked a news van and tried unsuccessfully to tip it over. 
<laughs> it's like <laughs> unsuccessful. They just rocked it back and forth, I guess. Uh, cops they attempted like, to. Uh, they were like, I give up. Uh, cops attempted to clear South Street at around 11 p.m., and members of the crowd threw bottles at them, and about 100 people were arrested. Uh, quote, this is disappointing. This is what I. Uh, uh, this was when I I remember watching the eleven o'clock news that night. I think it was six ABC, but th- there was a news guy, and he was on the second street or the the second floor of like a building, I guess, like some building, just to get away from it all and report. And I remember people throwing bottles through the window, like behind him. And uh, I was uh, two thousand one. I was I was like twelve. So I was just like, this is happening here? Like, I never saw anything like this. You know, it was crazy to me. But I remember, I never forgot that. I remember, like, watching that on the news because it was happening live. It was, it was like, live. You can look up at your yeah. window and it's there it is. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in Temple at the time, and uh, I was driving back from campus in the middle of the day, and I couldn't get, I was just driving, I would go uh, up to Temple, up 11th Street every day, uh, Mars to Nars, and then back the same way, come down to Mars to Nars. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then just come back down the same way on 12th Street. And I really I, wanted to go because I love New Orleans music. And I was thought, right, you think, right. I wanted to go hear some jazz. And I, I really like, oh man, I really want to go. And it's like, oh, this is a different thing. Hey, everybody, where's the free jazz? <laughs> I want, is this the Louis Armstrong fan club? <laughs> fan club well, meetup? Well, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Driving through it at like at you know one p.m., two p.m., it looked like a really fun time. There definitely was like loud music. Sure, middle the of the day, everyone's still going. Yeah. And then I, like Beerman said, I turned on the news at night, and it had devolved into a crazy, insane riot with people throwing bottles through uh, store windows um, and uh, and breaking down uh, store uh, uh, security gates to get inside at the liquor store. And then they there was a car that uh, was swarmed by people, and the car drove through a crowd of people. It was horrible. It's awful. There's, like, a guy surfing on the top of the car. Um, and then, obviously, uh, you know, people swarm the car and, 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 and try and get the guy to stop driving. Uh, and then I remember... Um, Somebody threw a flaming newspaper box at a cop car, and uh, that's when I was like, I was watching this on TV, and I was like, wow, this is really bad, and that's just around the corner. And uh, <laughs> right <laughs> before that, it just seemed like, oh, look at this insanity, and you're just watching it on TV. But it was very real. Yeah, at great this point, time, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it was very, you know, it was very real. Then uh, suddenly watching it on the news, and I remember uh, the next day, John Stewart on the Daily Show. Just oh fucking, my God. Yes, I do he just that. wrecked Philadelphia. He just, it, oh, they did like four minutes. I tried to find the clip. Uh, the, John the episode. Stewart, New Jerseyan, pretends to be a New Yorker, always makes fun of Philly. <laughs> uh, the worst mm. kind of New Yorker, the, the New Jerseyan. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> and he, uh, I can't find the episode. I can't, or I found the episode, but it's not available online. And there's no uh, clips from it on YouTube. I tried and tried and tried. But if anybody has a lead on it or has, it was a, you know, uh, was a fan or was recording episodes. John Stewart, if you're listening. We're huge we're, fans. We're, no, no, no. no. I'm a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We always got to take shots. That's all. He gets it. He's from Jersey. He's from Jersey. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So, um, uh, quote from the, the city managing director, Joe Martz, uh, disappointing is the only word I, I can think of <laughs> uh, when describing the event. Uh, Jefferson ERs were packed that night, uh, according to Associated Press, uh, though no one was seriously injured. Uh, there were hundreds of 
cuts, bruises, uh, contusions, uh, and concussions. Uh, and uh, a mounted police officer was stabbed. Uh, later, Jeez. a Temple University student filed an official complaint citing a cop who encouraged her to flash her breasts during the event. <laughs> I guess not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the mayhem and insanity. And then there was a lot of backlash after that. I remember, you know, uh, the city paper writes an article. Inquirer writes an article. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has, you know, somebody to blame. Why or who's doing this or whatever. Uh, how many people were arrested of that hundred who were actually from the city? You know, I remember uh, our our South Philly councilman Frank DeChico saying blaming people from outside the city for it entirely. But I know people who were there. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 it's definitely people it's from these, over the river. It's, it's the suburbanites. <laughs> yeah, it's the transplants. But it's like, you know, it was everybody. It's like, Frank, I saw you pick up a flaming uh, newspaper box. <laughs> nah, nah, that wasn't me. Nah, nah, cuz. Nah, cuz. Uh, that was my brother. <laughs> Who's not from here. <laughs> People who worried about a repeat of the event urged for boycotts of businesses that advertised on Y100. Because the radio station uh, had was a co-sponsor of the event with Fat Tuesday's Bar and Grill. And uh, yeah, they expected only uh, 10,000 people to show up because that's how many people came um, the year before. But then this year there was just like a huge surge. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, so funny because I because my our band, my band in Fat City at the time played two shows on the following year uh, of Mardi Gras. We were we had the daytime show and then we had a nighttime show on Abilene's. And, completely uh, different shows. Tip your way. Two different. Yeah, the night show is totally, totally different than the first show. But they were probably pretty much the same. But, <laughs> but I remember like, like you're saying, people were trying to boycott it. We were like, we need in on this, <laughs> <laughs> and we booked two shows on South Street you know, at next to Fat Tuesdays. And I remember I went to the night Fat show. It was a good time. Like we were like, let's do this. Yeah, uh, it was, and it was, was a crazy time. time. It was an absolute <laughs> crazy time. The bar you played at, the bar you played at, was sold out of many liquors that day. There was, there were. I went downstairs and I ordered. I tried to order several different drinks and couldn't get uh, any of them. So I went across the street to Cheers to You. I bought a drink there and I took it back over to the bar where I was coming to see you guys play. <laughs> and we're all underage, which is the extra. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, like, I mean, I just think like, that happened now in Philadelphia. Like, un- like, here's like South Street, and there's like underage kids like drinking and throwing parties. Like, that's crazy. Like, people would be that's so That's true, yeah, true chaos. Yeah. True chaos. Yeah. Like, and uh, like, I, I, business chaos. Like, oh, here, here's your drink, kid. Yeah. And uh, and just to clarify, we weren't there in 2001, but we made sure we were. No, there it was like that. It's awesome. Let's go do that. Yeah, two thousand two. Two thousand two wasn't. I heard a Y one hundred. It's gonna be a huge party. <laughs> in uh, in two thousand, it's gonna be a great time. <laughs> they say about ten thousand people showed up in two thousand two. It might have been a little bit more, but um, the city really, really worked to uh, to tamp it down the next year, and only about a thousand to two thousand people uh, came that year. Uh, so two thousand three was was a much uh, much smaller affair. And uh, the reason for that was that bars stopped serving drinks all day. The city passed uh, uh, some ordinances that made it that they, on Fat Tuesday at least, uh, they couldn't serve liquor starting at 7 a.m. It's like, yeah, we're Catholic. We need to celebrate Fat Tuesday. (laughs) 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 It's our religion. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, so festivities continue now, but they tend to be more low-key uh, because of the drinking. I guess really that's what it was all about. They, ooh, just like the vet episode, we talked about the, the fights in the stands and, and all that stuff, and it all comes down to drinking. You, day uh, drinking. Day drinking day goes drinking. into night. Yeah, because you can't stop day drinking. Once you start day drinking and you stop, I can. I take a nap. I, I, I don't. Well, you I have a, two beers. I'm, uh. I, I need to sleep. No, but, but if you if you want to stay up, you got to keep drinking. You're, there's no, no way to. Yeah, if you want to be cool. <laughs> Not my style. Uh, well, I, I mean, we're laughing like it was a good time. I mean, it's it's a, a laughing as at the a teenager. Of this it. was a, this was definitely interesting. Yes. And um, I would not condone it. Obviously, we would not condone it for teenagers to do it now, uh, or for the city to return to that in any way, uh, because it didn't it didn't provide positive effects. Uh, we're we're laughing because it's so absurd. Um, the awful news that we're describing turned people away from South Street, and once again, the neighborhood became a ghost town, uh, with many storefronts remaining vacant for the better part of a decade. Uh, in the yeah, early- that, that that that's what I remember too. Of just like you, like every other storefront was like was vacant or yeah. was closing up or was moving yeah and uh it, it was it was really depressing i definitely uh, stopped going there in the in the early uh 2000s um other small areas of the city pockets of the city became uh, more interesting uh for the community as they were building up i remember uh learning uh about you know weekend events in clark park and starting going in that direction and then passion avenue started to have its come up uh, you know, when they built- it was crazy that South Street even lost its music venues. Like there, you could your bar, you could play every different every other bar. You know, there was so many places you could play. There's even yeah. like all ages bars like that didn't serve alcohol. There was like all kind of things, and mm. I then it was like there was nothing. And you know, this is like right around when me and Zito actually were 21 to 23, and we just didn't go to South Street anymore. And that was like a weird thing. Yeah, uh, the bar the taking- bars were gone. Yeah, the bars were gone. Yeah. Uh, in the early 2010s, the tenuous racial uh, peace that had reigned on South Street uh, for the, the last three decades was threatened. Uh, hundreds of teenagers, many of them black, massed on South Street in what the city officials called flash mobs. There were, oh, yeah. yeah, there were reports of violence and vandalism. Police arrested a handful of youths and enacted a strict curfew. Uh, some media outlets blamed the incidents on social networking, but the root causes were the same. MySpace. They, they were my yes. It was Tom's fault. Tom's fault. Mm. Uh, but the uh, the root causes were the same as they were in Dubois' 1890s survey. Uh, poverty and disaffection uh, created an atmosphere of resentment among a people who lived in a neighborhood they didn't own or control. Uh, so the so-called flash mobs uh, demonstrated that these radicalized fears lurked under South Street's veneer of diversity. As the western strip of South Street rapidly gentrified in the 2010s, uh, transitioning from a majorly majority black to a majority white uh, neighborhood in just a few years. It happened overnight. I mean, I remember when still in like 2000. There, that was that was like there were still black businesses and stuff there, and then they all were gone and by like 2010. Well, on West South Street. On West South Street. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, definitely. Um, they did not enjoy that side of South Street. Did not get to enjoy you know the uh, Y100 promotional events. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> riots aside. President Steve. <laughs> yeah, the, the, those things didn't make its way over there. Uh, so um, it, it, it remained uh, to be seen if the street could retain uh, the peaceable cosmopolitan uh, cosmopolitanism that had been its hallmark for so long. Uh, I remember this. I remember, I remember, uh, I remember w- during when the flash mobs were happening and, and, and they had everything closed off and I just, and I was walking some from somewhere 
and I and it was like maybe like one in the morning and and I walked past South Street and it was like a ghost town. It was like eerie because it was like, man, this is like would usually just be like popping off right now. And it was like nobody, nothing, no cars, no curfews. And you know what's crazy? I remember this is, you know, you probably remember they did like a revitalization thing that they were giving away short term leases to open up art galleries. And we applied for it. We didn't get it Um, because we we wouldn't open up the South Fellini Gallery uh, back then. And, uh, uh, I thought it was a cool project to try to get like people to come back to South Street. Yeah, yeah try to get that cool like kind of thing. Art going artists again. come and share your wares. Play but your bongos. Beerman's describing the eerie scene and the way the city responded to the flash mobs uh, was uh, was to shut it down. And that's just like that's in. That's like not listening to the problem to begin with. That's not addressing the problem to begin with. And it's also punishing the people who do have businesses or do have uh, a community built and are living on South Street. Uh, I, I yeah. remember per- I remember personally one night I was I, I used to, uh, uh, you know, freelance uh, website stuff. And I had a client in Center City and I was walking back from the, that meeting. And on the way back, I walked by South Street and it was dead like, like Beerman described. Yeah. And th- and the next thing I know, um, I could see a huge crowd of people coming from two directions, one from one side of 8th Street and from the west side of South Street. And um, I was, like, not sure what to do or where to go. I didn't want to stay on South Street, but both ways off of South Street were kind of blocked. And uh, in that moment, a, uh, a transformer, uh, an electric, uh, you know, like the, the, the light pole. Oh, I, I th- yeah, that's what I Optimus thought. Prime. Like, Optimus I, Prime. I swear to God. I, listen, Shockwave, I saw him. I saw Shockwave. Jazz was there, too. <laughs> the bumblebee. No, uh, 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 a, a light pole, um, you know, like yeah, an electricity transformer. Yeah, yeah exploded and these two crowd like it was like a gun went off like a sh- like a like a like a starting uh, pistol was fired and all of the lights on the street went off and uh these two crowds like ran at each other and i i, I didn't know what to do a guy popped his head out of um the uh the bong store on 8th street and he was like come here come here and he like called me in and i went inside and i fucking hid in the store until the crowds the crowds like wow. beefed that's and, like, wild it yeah and they went they they continued further down south street just like just like fighting each other, um, it didn't seem like it. It didn't seem like there was any, you know, narrative that I could discern from what was going on. I was just like between. It wasn't the Jets and the Sharks. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a... like that. I couldn't. I can't. You know, it's not like that. It was like a force of nature or something. And I, yeah, there was something already going on, and I was just there. That's um, wild. And, yeah, it was. You know what else and then, though, too was going on at that time. They were doing the um the, the you know what you're saying about it was three three lanes. The um the sidewalk expansion. Yes. They they expanded the sidewalks like by like a couple of feet. They took all the trees out. I mean that killed so much business. I, I remember yes. um Chef's Market closed or be like really shrunk from that. Uh, yeah. So many stores just like really like couldn't survive that. They looked like I remember they looked like decks. Like it was like they made little like like walkways you can get into these stores. Because we were still going to cheesesteak teas or our agent Aloha trying to get paid, yeah, you know? and <laughs> I remember tattooed moms had a really funny uh, photo that uh, that they had taken. This they mu- it must have this must be like you know early on in the social uh, networking uh, years. But I remember seeing a photo of uh, tattooed moms online, and they had a they had a uh, a ramp from the street over the mm-hmm. the dugout sidewalk, and it was like three feet deep. The whole... The, yeah, the it was always like a was ramp. Deep. It was like it yeah. was like getting on a boat, you know? A drawbridge, yeah, and yeah. Like over a moat <laughs> or something, right. <laughs> Galligators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
And uh, yeah, I, honestly, I think that was that was the that was the end of a lot of the stores that I considered you know part of my regular rotation, the places I would mm-hmm. regularly hit on South Street. Um, and that was kind of the the early 2000 uh, 2010s was kind of the end of it for me, uh, h- hanging out there from high school till about then. Uh, because other neighborhoods were doing things. Not everything was centrally located on South Street anymore. Yeah, I guess I think kind of that that was kind of the end. And even like even like cheesesteak teas closed and at yeah. that point too. Yeah. So the way so back then they were Asian Aloha still, right? When did they become yeah. they, they became, became cheesesteak teas when the Phillies won the World Series? World Series in two thousand eight. Yeah. And that's when we started selling our uh, gimmicky local branded T shirts with them. Change their whole brand. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Ori. <laughs> uh, well, since then, to fight back, numerous community organizations banded together to advocate for uh, community input and control in the planning and zoning of the neighborhood. Uh, as a result, Graduate Hospital, for instance, uh, was stopped from buying a whole block of West West South Street uh, uh, because, like, that's called blockbusting, and it would, you know, it would erase. A huge footprint, uh, a large area of space that could be used for residential and co- uh, commercial uh, space uh, that would, you know, contribute to the community. Uh, if there was just a brick wall there that was the side of a hospital, of course the hospital is important, but it's not, it's not feeding the the people who live there. It's not, it's not mm. helping. It's not helping the space. Uh, Can't buy dildos at a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, well, buy a, like, I can't buy a Sherlock bong at a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, that black that that um that blank wall doesn't invite foot traffic. You know what I mean? Right, You're not right, even right. gonna walk on that side of the block uh, if graduate uh, of graduate hospital. There's nothing to look at. You know what I mean? Sure. There's no window sure. shopping to be done, and so that's a shady side of the block, and it always will be because of it. <laughs> Um, and today, uh, South, the South Street neighborhood west of Broad Street is transforming. Freshly renovated buildings and new businesses are replacing vacant storefronts and empty lots. Uh, east South Street is crowded by big chains like Acme, Whole Foods, Starbucks, Vila. Uh, but CVS. Owned- <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you Thanks get for the money setups, or you something know? from this? Like, do, do you have some sort of like uh, uh, endorsement deal from CVS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They give me cigarettes. <laughs> They give. I think they don't they even sell. They don't. You can't sell them. But they can give them away for endorsement. Though. It's, it's, <laughs> it's their leftover cigarettes. They're leftover like cigarettes. Years ago. They don't even smoke. They just give them to me. That it's like it's. They just, yeah, I give them. I give them my dog. He loves them. He loves. Them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I knew you were going to say it, so I had to say. I was like waiting for you to do that. Yep. You know? Every episode. Every just episode. sweating. That's uh, like the the in Seinfeld. They this is actually isn't true, but they say. There, you could. There's a picture of Superman somewhere in each Seinfeld. This is it. And yeah. There, there's a reference to CVS in every That's Legends right. of Philadelphia. That's right. <laughs> a lot of brand loyalty here. Yeah. <laughs> they're the, they're uh, the kings. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Well, We're, we should. It, the, what's funny is like you guys were like, let's start a podcast because it'll be free advertising. But all you guys advertise is fucking CVS. <laughs> Like that's the only the only people making money off this is CVS. Like someone's at home right now. Like yeah, I do have to go to CVS. I just, I think, oh, I forgot. I gotta go to CVS. Oh, my, do they oh. sell funny T-shirts? Because I'm gonna buy some at CVS. They don't. I need, oh, I need, okay. I need I, to pick up my prescription. I have a prescription in my Coco Cafe. <laughs> oh uh, man, I guess I'm we sorry. should. No, I mean, I'm not sorry. Go on. <laughs> well, let's mention let's mention some of the locally owned businesses that are on uh, All uh, right, East fine. South East South Street. Uh, the Crash Bang Boom, which cool. uh, is you know the extension of um, 
They're the old uh, zipper head. Zip, the old they're, zipper they're, head and um, uh, Art Mart. My favorite, sure. Yeah, Repo. Oh, Com- yeah, Repo is in the old Cheesesteak Tees building. Yep. Yep, they moved oh, the really? block, oh, but they're the still new, there. Uh, yeah, because they moved, right? When Cheesesteak Tees closed or Agent Aloha closed, they were, they were like something for a minute. They were like a little like boutique, and then uh, Repo moved in. Who, and if Repo's like a South Street staple, I'm glad to see Yeah, that yeah, that, that's why, like, when I think of, especially as a teenager and all, I, I got a record player, and it was like that's when uh, Philadelphia Record Exchange was down yeah, there. They yeah, yeah, right. But oh, um, man, and there was so like funny. all different ones, and I used to just go down there like Dude. spend all day. And 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 in the basement of Repo Records, they have like used records that are like cheap. It's like everything's like a dollar or something. That's and I found, I found the Ethel Merman disco album <laughs> down there for like a dollar. What? And I, I, I someone should have got fired because because that a yeah, it's a steal. Someone should have got. I always thought that Repo Records was always like when you like in High Fidelity when Jack Black. Oh, of course. Like yeah. I remember going in there. I bought the Polyphonics free, and they like they were like, "Oh, can't believe you're buying this!" And I went in. I bought the yeah. Modest Mouse and uh, um, all kind of like alternative. I bought the uh, the what's it called the uh, the Postal Service. They couldn't roll their eyes any harder at me. And I was like, this is what I came here for, to be judged yep. by my... To, by, <laughs> to by be my judged by the people I'm giving money to. Yep. <laughs> but then I brought, I bought Erg a Music War. I was a bootleg DVD of, of that documentary, Erg a Music War. And they like they were like, this is the best. Like, this is the best. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, now who has good taste? I got taste? some cred here. I got now some who cred likes Klaus Nomi? All right, all right. <laughs> I to, but I, I felt so cool because they always were like so judgmental of everything I liked. And that was the first thing they like were like, okay. All right, this kid. This kid likes Perubu. Give He's me twenty dollars. Right. You're cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know a also... shout out to them, but I, I do love them. <laughs> yeah, Rebo is great. Yeah. Um, there's also Condom Kingdom. Uh, I yep. I, shout I, out the Hunter. Yeah. Yes. And. Uh, 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 Oh, go ahead. Did you have something to add about? Condom I, Kingdom? I don't know if he. I don't. I don't know if he. Uh, I might cut back. He doesn't listen to I'll this just crap. Say, no, he does. He does. He's the only. He's my only friend that listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have friends work there, um, working there for years. Uh, we had a friend who worked there for a day. He he was so immature they got rid of him. Immediately. So you need to Could, grow up. Couldn't stop giggling. Couldn't, couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> couldn't stop giggling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's the Magic Gardens. Isaiah Zagar's original um, uh, yeah. hippie installation. Trash still Kingdom. There. Yep. <laughs> Trash Kingdom, and uh, uh, it's a you know place you, people what you, go. What do you their... miss on South Street? What's what sort of you like remember that does not there anymore? Rock and roll, the t-shirt shop. Yeah, shows. I mean, I think that's honestly that's the thing that that I that will always be the most South Street thing to me. Our store on Passyunk Avenue is an attempt to recreate that store on rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. Like the the feeling that you got that I got going in there of like being part of uh, the joke or being in on the gag. Like those those shirts, they say serial killer on them, but like but they're all like <laughs> oafish characters from movies. They're not like the badass characters. It's like Mr. Pink. Uh, from uh, from Reservoir uh, Dogs, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yeah. it's it's not Mr. Blonde, you know. Yeah, they did things right, like right, right. you know, and like those that that kind cheeky. of like, There's like little, a little cheeky, yeah, a little cheeky. And I loved, I mean, they had the the. It felt like you were gonna fall through the floors when you walked in that place too. Mm-hmm. The the floorboards creaked in such a way that it. it looked I think like, bands rehearsed in there too. Like it was like yeah. a cool place. Yeah, and as like a fourteen year old, fifteen year old kid, it was just like they were. 
yeah. They weren't mean really either. Like you would think like going in and being like, I wasn't into punk music. I was into the aesthetic yeah. of what they were selling. And yeah. like, and well, I think all totally heavy cool. metal people are really nice. Everyone knows that. You That's know? true too. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Secretly and they were nice. totally cool. And they were, and uh, they always explained things. And uh, I, I was just a very positive vibe. You know, what would you would imagine could be a very scary or uninviting place. And that's that's you know what I'll always think of as as South Street. It could it it looks like it's weird, but it's really a super inviting and awesome place. Yeah, mm. I uh, I remember there was that one bookstore. There was like an indie bookstore. There were always cats around, and they had they had records in the back. Uh, people were probably like going, "It's called this." But I always remember that place was like such a, a great place, and, and even Tower Books. I know it's corporate, but I remember even like when I was in high school, we like you, oh, you got to buy the Great Gatsby. You'd go to the, to the, <laughs> the Tower Tower Books. It was the only place you could buy a yeah. book in South Philly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was a new thing here. <laughs> yeah, reading. <laughs> it didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was like an anarchist bookstore on like, oh, there's still I want to see. Yeah, that's still there. Yeah, is, yeah I, I went there. I bought, that's where I bought like, <laughs> that's where I bought my first like political books. That's the first place I learned about all, about Noam things Chomsky. like anarchy. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. things like that. And I tried to steal this book, but uh, that was frowned upon. Yeah, we no. did get the, a, a friend, a friend and I did buy the anarchist cookbook and it wasn't what we thought oh it was God. at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was no food at all on this. There's no food in here at all. No, I think it was more of like it was. It's more philosophical, I guess. It's like it's ideological, and we were expecting it to be like I don't know a guide. Rest of the wrong copy. I don't know. <laughs> like a, a guide <clears throat> to overthrowing the government. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. It seemed like it should be more taboo than what was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even mention it, but um, they closed down years ago. But J.C. Dobbs, which was there for oh sure yeah years, they and, always and, open and, and like, close and. Yeah, then it was like different things, but um, like Nirvana, Nirvana, and Nirvana right there. That's everyone and, says. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's like that's pretty cool, it's though. Fucking I mean, true. Like, yeah. Um, oh, what was yeah, the place? Uh, Larry, Larry Fine, that that place. Oh yeah, Larry Fine's birth. The the best stooge, the best stooge. I'll say it. Um, yeah, no that was his birth, so birthplace. Yep, he had a mural over um over top of what's it called? Lickety yeah, he Splits. Was, Whatever. They no. <laughs> Yeah, whatever it's called. He's playing the violin. Yeah, and oh, and La Rosa's like they—they—I I mentioned Jumbo Slices of Ham. No, 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 Lo- Lorenzo's. No, Lorenzo's. La Rosa's is yeah, the yeah, Snyder yeah, Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Avenue. No, no pe- people. There's so many people that are mad right now. No, I know Lorenzo's yeah, on La South Rosa's. Street is like a classic. They mentioned it in Punk Rock Girl and 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 Summertime, right? Like it's right. They're a state. Yeah. They're a staple. They're, um, and I don't like their cheesesteaks, but one of my favorite videos ever in Philly is, um, it's, I will, we'll even play some of it maybe, but, uh, at, at Jim steaks, it's like one in the morning and it's a bunch of drunk people from all over all races, all singing, drunkenly singing end of the road by boys of the men. <laughs> and it's like, it is. I I will start crying if I want. It's it's that's, amazing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love, even, I, even the I Motown Philly Stakes. video shot someone South Street. I think they were actually at that. Um, and the 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 roots got started. Quest Love and Black Thought would just course. play play drums on a bucket and just rap for change and stuff. Of course. Such a. I have so many great memories of of South Street. Yeah, South Street's been. Let's go. South, it, yeah, I wish. Let's go. Let's go. I wish. I'm coming over. And then we go there. We're like, this sucks now. This sucks. <laughs> it used, to, it be used cool. to be cooler. It used to be cool. Where's the Mardi Gras stuff? <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, I guess for me anyway, that is that is all there is to know about South Street. But do you guys have any idea of what you think the future holds for South Street? Even taking into account, you know, coronavirus and things. Do you? Do you I don't have, know what's yeah. going to happen to the whole world. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the world's going to make it. But, uh, <laughs> let alone South Street. But uh, I don't know. South Street, every time you think like it's 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 dead, it's back, baby. Out, it always, always stands back up like Rocky. Like Rocky too, dude. Like Rocky too, like like Jake Lamada never knocked me down. Never, <laughs> you never knocked me down, Ray. Never knocked me down, Ray. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I guess that's pretty much. Sign off. We think the we, <laughs> with the you know with an eye towards the future of South Street, with an optimistic eye towards the future of South Street, we'll sign off. That is pretty much all there is to know about South Street. Uh, please check out our website, southfellini.com. That's S-O-U-T-H-F-E-L-L-I-N-I.com. For we cool. have the uh, South Street pins. Yeah. Oh, uh, for cool right. Philly-inspired merch. Uh, while you're there, check out the visual companion for this episode where we posted uh, photos. It's, uh, it's, it's photos of Trove and his bell-bottoms. And his Give it a peace sign. <laughs> Give it a peace sign. I'll bet we could find. I'll bet please, we could find that photo. Please, please don't hurt. Uh, me. We'll please post all me. kinds of photos of, of hippies and uh, and protest movements from uh, the history of South Street, the second half of the history of South Street. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out next Monday. Uh, stay safe. Stay home and wash your hands. Bye, everybody. Wear a mask. Oh yeah, yes, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah. God damn it. Wear a goddamn mask. Okay. Bye. Bye.